Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Episode 60, The Morning After. Good afternoon. I'm your host, Jesse Kiefer. And I'm Jen Tellick. Jen has hit a milestone just like we've hit a milestone with episode 60 and I feel like we've been beating a dead horse with this but horse meat is in right now I colored my hair for the first time <laughs> that's not true I did I retired from the restaurant industry this week in fact Friday was my last was my last shift can we applaud that? thank you very oh. yes let's can we have a round of applause Jack thank you oh that's very kind at the ripe old age of almost 30 I've uh, how dare you don't worry, I can only say it I'm, 23. I'm in the same boat. Uh, yes, I'm done. I've left. God knows I may be back in two months. <laughs> so, but for now, I'm, in, I'm enjoying the sweet, sweet freedom. I'm going to start reading uh, Reader's Digest, specifically the section called Drama in Real Life, I which to- most often features a drowning. When I was young, I used to, I, when I was young, when, when my parents subscribed to Reader's Digest, I would read that and I would be enthralled, but I would also be completely terrified. I would have like nightmares about it I would um, it it was always like a shark a vicious shark attack or like a terrible robbery gone wrong (laughs) Um, but I think now that I'm a retired person I spoke with my grandfather who retired in Hilton Head and I said you know do you have any tips and he said you know I just um, I quit smoking so I don't do that anymore but I just walk on the beach and I pick up you know dead carcasses of any sea life that I find but you can't do that because you're in New York and yes, I was you, like, you actually can. You can of, if you. You, you can. Know. So I plan on picking up the carcasses of dead sea creatures for the rest of my life. Well, but you do have a play coming up, so you're not. You I know, do. You're retired in the restaurant sense, and I'm sure the restaurant world will welcome you back if you ever need to come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, what's the play that you're doing? Uh, it's called On the Head of a Pen. It's the uh, I suppose it's the world premiere um, at 59 59th Street Theater, and it's about. Um, a, a military installation in Iraq in, in 2004 and I I play um, I play a not very nice lady who runs the prison and uh, actually we had the playwright on the show a while ago Frank Winters a really talented young guy he's directing it as well and uh, I'm super excited it opens February 21st so you should come where do we get tickets you can go to uh, t- we can go to Ticketmaster if you search 59 East 59th Street, you can find it. And the, the company that's producing it is called Strangeman and Company. Strange Man and Company. So you can get tickets at any of those venues. And they're selling out. So They are, yeah. They're selling really fast, which is good. So I'm excited about it. And my lovely fiance, Ejidine, di- uh, composed all of the music. It's a family affair. It is a family affair. Bizarrely so, but it's cool. So really excited uh, for, for our guests today. We have a full house, full studio. Um, one of our favorites. Last time I saw her, she actually guest hosted the show. And it was like the pastry summit of the world. <laughs> Elizabeth Faulkner, uh, Nancy Olson. And so, the Mass Brothers. And the Mass Brothers. Oh, how could I forget? 
that amazing red beard. Amanda Freitag is Woo! in the studio. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. <laughs> I love the applause. <laughs> I mean, if you look out at the big, the packed, you know, group here eating brunch at Roberta's, it actually does feel like you have an audience, right? It could be like, but they're ignoring me because I'm not cool enough. <laughs> they're, they're not ignoring you, they're avoiding your gaze because they're afraid of your magnificence. Um, yeah, the last time I was here, it was like, it filled my sweet tooth with joy to be here. And today, it's filling my safe tooth. Oh, yeah. With your spicy Bloody Mary. With my spicy Bloody Mary. It's a good way to start the day. Thank you very much. And also in studio, someone I've been dying to have on the show because I think her, her restaurant concept is is really incredible. A uh, chef and proprietor of uh, the culinary salon City Grit, Sarah Simmons. Woo. Thank you I've for having me. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. Welcome to the show, Sarah. I love it. Oh, really God, just the applause. We're not stopping. We're not going to stop it. Who, uh, by the way, we must mention is a total champ for coming today because she's very ill. I mean, I feel okay. You're better than you were last <laughs> I'm not week. Dead. You're, True. you're not True. dead. She's she's imagining, uh, you know, certain plastic uh, birds are are. Uh, no, those birds are there, y'all. She's tripping. No, there there actually are some some plastic parrots. It's, it's you know, it's the tiki bar sense. So uh, anyway, right. I wish they were real. Regardless, I'm also really happy that that Jack's here today. Jack Inslee. Uh, usually, oh, hey. Joe is here running the show, uh, but but Jack's here today. Filling in and making us feel at home. No, you know why? No applause. You know why? What? That's real applause. That actually sounds better. Not than canned. Anyone. I'm sure it does. You know why Joe's not here though, right? No. Well, he's um, he's helping our friend, the dame. He's such a good boy. Yeah, he is. I said, Joe, why ever will you not be with us this week? And he said, I have a duty. And he said it like that. A, a duty. Ju- a duty. Oh, yes, with liquid you. And so, I said, to whom? And he said, why the dame? Um, for <clears throat> our old friend and yours, the dame Joan Plywright, the Baroness Olivier, unfortunately, uh, during a heated croquet match with Kate Middleton, did fall and break both hips. Um, she, read a, she wrote us an email that uh, said simply, I don't know if you've ever played croquet with a pregnant woman, but I won't be out of the hospital for some time. So she's not going to be able to join us this week. <laughs> the um, hormones are wicked. The hormones are wicked. Yeah. So we... Instead, we're going to do a little something new this week with our favorite segment, Front of House, because we have two fabulous ladies um, who work in the back of house for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a little flipperoo, and we're going to do a segment I would like to call Back of House Q&A Hooray, uh, in which we turn the mic over to our distinguished guests and ask them a few questions about their own experiences. Can I, can I say what I want to call it? I would love for you to say what you want to call it. It's the front house, flip it and reverse it. And now we're going to move (laughs) right along. I was hoping Jack was going to give you applause, but that terrible silence was more beautiful and poetic than anything I could have imagined. Um, Jack, can we just throw that little jingle up just for old time's sake? Oh. It's front of house. It's front of house. Now, the way this works is uh, we're going to revisit a moment from a past front of house or back of house. And like I said, we'll turn the situation over to one of our guests, whereupon they will wow us with their scary, hairy stories. Now, as always, because we are a classy establishment, we do not name names. If the story is really juicy, I may ask you to write the names down on a cocktail napkin for me later. But for now, don't do it. Um, So first question to you both. Reply as you see fit. Uh, one of our recent front of house subjects found herself in an unwilling embrace with a very drunken pop star. Describe, in whatever detail you see fit, your best or worst celebrunin, be it with you 
or someone you know or work with? <laughs> That's going to be good. Sarah? I can't remember all of that. So, celeb run-in? Yeah, any... any any, it doesn't have to be you. It could be anyone in the industry. Anyone that you know that had to deal with a, a finicky celebrity or a oh. celebrity who had a bizarre request. Oh. Hmm. And you don't have to name names. Of course. Hmm. I'm stumped. I'm shocked. I mean, all the celebrities I know are so normal. <laughs> totally. <laughs> they don't have any bizarre requests. <laughs> All right, well, why, while you think, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think of a celebrity weird experience I've had. And I remember uh, seeing a, a celebrity on, on Top Chef and, and knowing her dietary restrictions and approaching her and recommending all of the, the vegan vegetarian items. And she looked at me really weird and never came back. <gasps> I was catering an event for um, my now former employers and there was a very famous supermodel from the 90s that was a very very famous supermodel from the 90s did she throw phones she blackberries did, i mean she, there were no phones thrown Aww. however i was passing a plate of uh, i was a small canapé that was meant to be eaten with a little fork that was right in the bowl i think it was like some sort of shrimp uh, mulligatawny it was like mulligatawny and a bit of shrimp and there was a wooden fork in each of the little you know paper cups oh, no. and I came round to her and she took the fork out and put it on the thing and then she scooped the shrimp out with her hand which was now dripping from the soup <laughs> put it in her mouth and then she said to me okay and oh, waved wow. and waved me off <laughs> <laughs> did, did she spray you with the juices from she the did, like holy water <laughs> like holy curry water I don't. I mean, mine isn't too scandalous, but uh, it was a very famous. Um, <clears throat> I guess you would call a news anchor, news reporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked at a restaurant called Cheska. I was a chef de cuisine there, and we used to serve simple grills. And we used to serve a pork chop that was about I don't know, <laughs> four inches, three inches thick. It was huge. It would take you know a good thirty minutes to cook this thing, and he requested that it would be cooked rare. Rare. Mm. And we were like, okay, we're all on board. You want it rare. Yes, server comes to the kitchen. Yes, please. Okay, go back and make sure he wants it rare. Yes, he wants it rare. And we cooked it to what we felt was edible, and it was returned to be cooked more rare. Wow. Odd. Strange. So it's like not a slice of tuna. Unexpected. Cooked more rare though. That's that's the beautiful Redo. part. Redo this. Could you cook this more rare? Wave it over the grill. The, the process, please. All right, we're very gonna let, let's let Sarah think about it. Yeah. Um, let's move. Let's move on. Let's move on because we get a couple. Okay. So my second question is. Um, so in past front of houses, we've seen hair catch fire, wine spilled on fur coats, and an investor's birthday cake dropped on the floor. <gasps> What was your most dramatic physical blunder mm. while working? <laughs> this can involve blood. Does it have to be personally? Mine? No, no. Oh. Any, yeah, any, any whoopsie. Oh, I got one. Um, so we have these chairs in the dining room that have, or these tables that have, they're like picnic tables, but each individual stool swings out. Um, and they were brand new. No one had used them before. The first night, you got a table of eight. A couple people get up from the one side of the table. The entire table <gasps> flips over. Oh, my God. Feels <laughs> pretty awful. Wine everywhere. People everywhere. Embarrassment galore everywhere. It was so awful. That was probably the worst thing that's happened, actually, since we opened. Wow. I had yeah. the whole thing. We bolted those tables down, P.S. Yeah. 
anyone that <laughs> into the earth with us <laughs> beyond the floor <laughs> oh. there's been a lot of wonderful like dining room falls and you know what oh, i mean oh of course you slip in that butter and just on the ass just you know walking through the dining room I mean, I, t- I had one in particular that I can remember that it felt like an earthquake. It was, it was a holiday. I believe it was a New Year's Eve. And a certain bartender was rounding the corner in the kitchen. <laughs> and he was, you know, he was in a way. He was definitely in a way. So sometimes karma gets you. I don't know if you noticed that he things... He was in a way. <laughs> like in a sassy way? In a sassy, like, oh my God, it's New Year's Eve. I didn't know we'd be so busy. What? <laughs> way dream on <laughs> uh and just all of a sudden he was there we saw him leave the kitchen and the next thing you know he was gone and we heard this huge earthquake like explosion <laughs> and it was him hitting the floor and it was just unbelievable i mean we couldn't help but laugh because it definitely broke the tension Aww. we had uh i worked at uh <laughs> sorry i worked at this a Southeast Asian restaurant in the West Village for a while and they, you know, cooked in woks. And most of the woks they used had uh, a wooden handle so you could grab the handle. But they had one that was this beloved wok of our chef de cuisine and it was essentially a cast iron mm-hmm. skillet. You know, you can't grab the handle. And everybody knew it and it was sort of a running joke. You know, it was like the, the scarlet letter was... And we had a new uh, cook on the line that night and I heard the chef say, look, dude, this uh-huh. does not have a handle. You know, I don't mean to patronize you, but obviously right. and the guy's like, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and in the middle of service, we get totally backed up and we had an owner in that evening with like a 12 top. And so all of their food was, was about to be prepared. And because everything was sort of family style at that restaurant, you would have like four entrees in the walk mm-hmm. if they were, you know. So they, <laughs> the guy goes to grab it and he's like, all right, grab that, grab the yellow curry. And he grabbed that handle oh. and it was in the air in slow motion just like a gymna like a, an Olympian tumbler it was oh. just like whoosh, against the wall gone his hand was done oh. that guy didn't last very long can we talk about um, customers receiving foreign objects in their plates oh that's a great one is that your next question I <laughs> it's, I actually don't think we've now. done a front of house like that yet we should Lindsay that went to somewhere in the East Village um I believe it was a Spanish restaurant and a full millipede <gasps> crawled out of her paella. It's organic. It, out of, oh. it, it actually crawled it was out alive. of the paella? So it, it was alive. It. How did it live yeah, through that I heat? don't know. Oh, I think it had entered after it was made. Oh. oh. Look yeah. at naive little no, chef no, no, over no, here. No, 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 no. I think... <laughs> But I, she was like, I was so excited to be there. And then this, you know, like creature, this dragon crawled out of my food. That'll ruin your appetite. I yeah. just had something recently. That's why I brought it up. Tell us. Go for it. It's only because, you know, you work in this industry as you just retired from it. Um, <laughs> and you you think you can never be surprised. You're like, oh, I've seen it all. And then something happens and you're surprised. Uh, I went to a restaurant for a meeting with three lovely ladies. It was business, but we were all foodies, and I can't, I won't mention where it was. And we're talking, we're talking, we're chatting, we're sharing, and there was this one dish that was uh, like a pulled pork type of croquetti type thing. And we're talking, talking, talking. You know, somebody gets gristle or something or bone, and they need to just remove it from their mouth. So you don't look at them. You look away, give them their little privacy moment. And I see that this one woman is doing this. And I'm chatty, chatty. Let's keep it going. 
And then she sort of, you can feel her energy sort of stopping. And uh, she said, I'm sorry, guys. Um, can you guys look at that for me? Because what I, was it? I'm a little, she's like, what is it? And I'm like, oh, and I look at it and I see what I think it is. <laughs> and I just oh don't gosh. want to be, I just don't want to go there. And I, it's cartilage, it's cartilage or it's some weird piece of a walnut or something. And oh, my brain is going to, like I know, I know. Is it a finger? <laughs> is it she a was, tooth? She was like, no, I think it's a tooth. <gasps> <gasps> and it wasn't her tooth. It was not her tooth. And so I'm like, no, 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 it can't be a tooth. No, it's okay. You're okay. We're okay. We're all okay. And she picks it up and she drops it onto her plate and you hear clink, 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 clink. And it's clearly a tooth. A full tooth. It was a tooth. It was a tooth because the thing was made from pig head. Ah. So, I mean, obviously, we were in a place that we knew used whole animals, so it was a little more, <clears throat> it was a little consoling that way, but at the same time... That she, it wasn't a human tooth. She had a, a pig tooth in her mouth. Oh, God. And she was a really good sport about it, and my favorite thing, speaking of front of the house, was a lovely, our wonderful gay waiter that came over, and we told him, and he looked at it, and he looked at us all in horror, and he said... I don't even know how to react to that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he took the plate away. <laughs> and we were like, we were hoping you would because we don't know what to do with this. So it was my first tooth ever. Oh, God. So, wow. <laughs> and hopefully your last. Yeah. I, uh, I so. was trying. I, I, there was this weird wish that I had wished it was me. So I would have known what my reaction would have been. She was super cool, but she was obviously slightly traumatized. I don't know. I want you to know that until the moment you said we were at a restaurant that uses the whole animal, I thought it was a human tooth. No, no. I thought they had like some decrepit 86 year old line cook that was just like, oh, there goes another one. And <laughs> that it had like a gold filling in it. And maybe like an initial etched in this. <laughs> Biggie. No, no. Okay, this, this question is perhaps anticlimactic after that. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. don't be sorry. It was beautiful. <laughs> you told um, that story very well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Really drew it out, right? It was great. So a couple of weeks ago, we, we featured a segment where our, our subject talked about her, her first job, which was at her uh, waiting tables at a nursing home. Oh. And... I was wondering what your humble beginnings were. What was your first service industry, restaurant industry job ever? Sarah? Um, I actually was a waitress in college at this meet in three place. And um, I was, my parents were Explain like, Wait, to the Jersey girls oh, right. what meet in three Sorry, is. <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't know. You guys all know what this is. You get meat and three other things. Yep. <laughs> it's a vegetable or three starches. Typically, it's three starches, like macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes and some cream corn, which is technically a vegetable, but also a starch. Um, oldest restaurant in Athens. I was working for the Summer Olympics, which, you know, doesn't last all summer. My parents were like, you could not live in Athens, Georgia alone with no job. So I took this job and I was going to work there the, the summer and I worked there for four years. And I learned a lot about what you don't do in a restaurant <laughs> yeah, from that place. Because it was old and the people that were, bless their hearts, oh my gosh, they're wonderful people, but they were old. Yeah. And um, all the patrons were old. 
but it was awesome. Probably a lot of tea. Meat and three. A lot of those dishes. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder why that is. I worked in a very sort of similar scenario. I was a bus girl when I first started. I was really good, by the way. I don't doubt it. I don't. (laughs) Every waiter wanted me in their station, just so you know. Um, But it was a whole, like, it was a banquet hall, you know, so it it was called the Friar Tuck Inn. So we had, you know. (laughs) Sounds like a drag queen. Oh we had all the different rooms. Tuck it in. <laughs> we had the Robin Hood room. Okay. You know, we had like the Fair Maiden or whatever. We had Maybe all these different. Yeah. We had all these different rooms. And I worked in the a la carte dining room. But then I moved up to like banquet waitress. Um, but our clientele in the a la carte dining room was quite old. Quite old. But um, I was a really good bus girl. Then I moved to banquet waitressing, which I rocked at. Big silver trays that I could carry on my oh, shoulder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who can carry the most glassware? Who can, who, how many 10 tops can you clear? Yep. <laughs> that was me until I drank what I thought was cool to drink was the liquid that goes into the Cherry's Jubilee mm. that you light it on fire. That, uh, yeah. you, you were that naive. You didn't edible. <laughs> and so my co workers were like, it's cool. It's so good. Taste it. Oh. And then I dropped my f- tray of about 100 glasses <gasps> on my way to the Robin Hood room. <laughs> oh, never made it to the Robin Hood room again. Blame it on the little dwarfs. So I learned how to, how to bust tables and clear tables and talk to people and drink alcohol. That's what I learned how to do. That's I, what you learn in the restaurant industry. I worked at an... I, and, and this is a, a very bizarre anomaly in in the south and you have to are you from georgia i'm from the carolinas which one my daddy's from north carolina I'm, i grew up in north carolina my daddy's from durham oh durham is so nice mm-hmm. i'm from yes, Fayetteville. Okay. not so nice okay um i grew up in kentucky but we there's a thing in kentucky that especially in louisville where i'm from there's a big irish and scottish community so there's this very strange dichotomy of all of these southern redneck irish pubs which makes sense if you really, right. you know, are to think yeah, about it. Makes sense. But it's these old, you know, dudes in John Deere hats drinking Budweiser's and Guinness watching sports in an Irish pub. So I worked at this place called Shenanigans. And I was a server. I, I wore what I want. I was one of two servers on the floor. I you could wore s- what you wanted? I smoked whatever I wanted. Um, what I, I smoked cigarettes at the time, so I was allowed to smoke on the floor. No um, way. I called everyone hun, and everything was served in a red plastic basket with a oh. piece of wax paper. Yeah. Love that. So if you were at a table and you forgot some plastic cutlery or you forgot a side of ketchup or tartar sauce, because those are the only two condiments mm-hmm. in-house, you could just say, uh, oh, God, what was the guy's name? The headline guy, I cannot remember his name now. Um, Justin. You could, you could say, Justin, tartar. And he'd be like, hold on, and throw you, <laughs> toss you a red basket. <laughs> toss you across the floor so i would be standing at a table of three 60 year old men drinking guinness smoking a marlboro light like wearing oh i was in college at the time so i was probably wearing like a hemp necklace and corduroy overalls and birkenstocks <laughs> and it, they would just toss shit to you it was the most bizarre place oh but i God. i tell you i learned how to hustle there because they would get yeah. packed and mm-hmm. they would get packed to the point that any any distinguished restaurant would have seven servers on this right. floor and we had two yeah and so you just right. i i fire breathed food onto the tables there was just like no option but oh memories we learned speed. one of my favorite foods is fried things in a basket yeah absolutely so we gotta Trickled save pickles. that for chardonnays though oh yeah oh, right think right. about that that's a good starting point for chardonnays we're gonna we're gonna take a break 
going to come back with Amanda Freitag, see what she's been up to on the morning after. You're listening to Top Gun by Tom Cruise on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Did you know that pollinators are needed for more than two-thirds of the world's crop species? Most of these pollinators are bees. However, North America's bee population has been steadily declining since the 1990s. Whether you live in the country or the city, you can show your commitment by hosting a hive in your backyard or even on a rooftop. The beekeeping movement is growing, so you're sure to find swarms of folks who can help you find your way. Learn more about the ways you can help be the solution at WholeFoodsMarket.com slash share the buzz. And we are back here on the morning after one of my favorite human beings and uh, one of the most talented chefesses in the city, the lovely Amanda Freitag. I was like, who is she talking about? Chefess. (laughs) Chefess. I promise I'll never say that again. (laughs) Um, You have seen and heard her all over the place. She is all up in the Food Network you saw her on Chopped as a judge, where she had fabulous hair. And uh, you may have seen her on Next Iron Chef. No big deal. This last season, working it out, girl. You worked it out. How are you? I'm good. I just ran into a, a gentleman in a grocery store yesterday that said, Oh, you're Amanda Freitag from Chopped. Can I take a picture of you? Oh, and Alex Gornichelli just won Next Iron Chef. Oh. And I said, Wow, thank you for pointing that out. Like, did you want me to frown in your photo? <laughs> I said, yes, and she she beat me. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, she did. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take that picture back, asshole. <laughs> Fame is fun. Fame is fun. Do you guys have, like, daggers for eyes when you're both, host, when you're both uh, judges on Chopped? No. no, we all love each other at the Food Network. Didn't you know that? <laughs> I know it. I do know now. <laughs> I know now. Um, but luckily, because of the cooking channel, I've been traveling a lot. I was just in Austin, Texas. And I got to give a big shout out to Easy Tiger because I had the most amazing food there. I mean, to leave New York and go have some of the best pastrami that I've ever mm. had was pretty hardcore. So I love those guys. Austin's amazing. Um, I was in Miami eating food, surprisingly good food. And I'm going back to Miami for that South Beach Wine and Food Festival thing. My first year ever. What do you? What is your like your post there? Um, I'm doing something called an A-list brunch on Sunday. That's also with Anita Lowe and Alex Gornichelli. Get it? A's. Aw, <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Wasn't my idea. And then <laughs> I was asked to do a dinner at the Soho House. Swanky. Yeah. I'm a little scared about that too, but oh, it should be really, really fun. Uh, you know, I'm. I don't. I hear it's debaucherous, yet a good time. So we'll see. Did they give you any culinary parameters, or is it pretty much an open book? Uh, for the brunch, I had a little bit of 
parameters, but for my Soho House dinner, I'm just going not so. But I won't. You know me. I'll stay safe. For my Soho House dinner? Oh, I'll tell you. I went with a little Miami flair. I couldn't help it. They were like, oh, do your food. But I'm in Miami, so why not do something fun? And I was experimenting on um, my Valentine last night, and I made a chicken ropa vieja with mashed yuca. Say that again. I didn't catch it. (laughs) Doesn't that mean old clothes? Yes, I made chicken old clothes (laughs) last night in my kitchen. You could say anything in Spanish. Just goes to show. Uh, so I'm doing a little Miami flair in my courses and just a few. I'm doing one Amanda uh, hit. Uh, I'm doing the old octopus uh. in one of the courses, the uh, charred octopus with the feta, which sounds weird, but it works, uh, red onion and cucumber. So it should be fun. Um, you know, again, I'm Soho House is a little too cool for me, but I'm going to try to be cool just like everybody else. How dare you? Look at that scarf. <laughs> Your shoes are real cool, cool right now. So. <laughs> Um, but I've been lucky to travel and lucky to work at the Food Network. Hopefully, I'll be back into a restaurant before we talk again. And I'm going to start getting help to write a cookbook. That, I, yeah, that is amazing. You mentioned that before. So what can I you just, tell us about You that? know, for about a year and a half, I've been working on a proposal. I've had an amazingly uh, relentless literary agent who lets me go away and come back and say, I haven't done anything yet. And she says, that's fine. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have never met an agent that knew those two words could exist in the same sentence. And then after a year and a half of trying to write a proposal, I said, I need help. So it's a good learning lesson. So I'm going to get a few, you know, talk to a few people about how it all works and get people to help me. I, I honestly just need somebody to sit in the room with me. Uh-huh. You know, if I try and do it by myself, I won't do it. But if there's somebody sitting there, it'll get done. So I'm, I'm hoping to get that done this year. That's fabulous. So you're yeah. looking for a ghostwriter. Yes. I'll do it. You're looking for a photographer. Yeah. Um, two of those people would be great. That makes a book, I guess. <laughs> Will you be requ- uh, will you be requesting an audiobook of your cookbook? You know what? I think I I you know it's funny because I can't even I am available. <laughs> I can't even like go with the basics. I'm really just learning how to write emails. And but like when I spoke to the literary agent, I'm like, should we do like an iPad cookbook? And she was like, slow down, <laughs> Kindle cookbook, slow down, Put down the coffee. <laughs> She's like, next step, baby steps. I mean, if you do choose to do the audiobook, I really think that Jen would do an amazing job reading it as Bjork. <laughs> I would love to do that. Yeah. On some of that. my, you know, just lighter recipes, maybe. Or yeah, just, to, just pepper it in there, here and there. <laughs> or maybe just great. on the pastry recipes, because, you know, I really feel depressed when I have to make just pastry. Send, <laughs> send, just send me an email and we'll work it out. Um, so, like, water. Oh. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do the Bjork that you can do. I, I like yours. So, okay, so what else? You're doing the cookbook. You're traveling all the time. Yes. I want to talk about something very important and that is maybe controversial. Yeah. I have a wedding coming up in October that oh, I'm cooking for. Oh, really? You do? Yes. Well, whoever for? <laughs> um, some dear, dear friends of mine. Amanda Freitag, chef extraordinaire, is humbling herself. And cooking for the plebeians. She's Stop it. she's making food for my wedding, which is pretty much the most amazing thing that's ever <laughs> happened to me. So I'm every time I think about it, my face goes red Aww. and I get emotional. So we're, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. But what I wanted to talk about, honestly, was the outfit that you wore in the Western episode <gasps> of Chopped. Because those Ooh, let's how, talk about that. Okay. I'm going to pull up so a photo. You're, you're a chef. You work. You work in the 
back of the house, right? That's who we are. They used to <laughs> doing all of these TV appearances, be. and all of a sudden they're throwing extensions <gasps> in your hair, and they throw in these fabulous dresses. You have no idea. And I was in New Jersey with my future mother-in-law, and we were watching it because she loves you, and you were wearing this fabulous outfit in the intro, and I can only describe it as. Um, Oh, there it is. How dare you pull up a picture on your phone? Okay, I'm going to try to describe this. This is like okay, wait, what, Lady what is Guinevere meets Amelia Earhart meets Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know what about that sounds Western at all. It's, Do you have any idea how weird it is to play dress up and go on television? So this is... I mean, okay, I guess I have, you no, tell I have us, actually no idea. Can you tell us who's in this photograph with you? Um, in this photograph with me is Sir Ted Allen... Chef Mark Murphy and Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez. Um, it was so much fun to play dress up. You have no idea. I had on some horrifying outfits prior to that outfit. Did you have much say in what you wanted to wear? Um, no. I had two try-on sessions that made me want to cry wearing like big prairie skirt, skirts heavy denim dresses. You oh know, God. it's just never something I like a Mennonite. <laughs> saw myself in. And then that day, it sort of all came together. I have to say, I was wearing uh, some sort of a bustier type thing. I know. And some sort of a tightening. That was not lost on anyone. <laughs> tightening of the thighs, sort of spankish thing. I mean, I re- you really look like a pirate in this photo. Can we can we somehow post this? Or is this is this? Oh, it's postable. Okay. Now that it's we, been aired, you can do whatever you want. We post a photograph of each guest every week on our site. Oh, you And I know which photo we're posting. Well, the best part was in the intro, um, I was supposed to be, you know, a little bit sexy, obviously, as sexy as Food Network can get. This is the man who did my hair. Uh, And they wanted more breasts, which is unusual (laughs) for Chopped. You you know, keep the breasts in, keep the girls in. And the wardrobe (laughs) girl comes rushing onto the set and literally... Does she spray it on? Literally grabbed my blouse and popped (gasps) it open. And I was like, "Did you gasp? Did you I kiss?" I was a little, I was a little turned on <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> and then they were like, "Okay, now we can shoot." <laughs> wow, I'm just, I'm just in all of this because I think it's so cool, but also, I you know, I, I met you when you were chefing in a restaurant, and you're, it's so fun to be a girl, such a, you know, demure and <laughs> professional artist, and, and to see, I see you on these shows, and it's so cool. Oh to, my god, I have learned so much about makeup. I've learned so much about hair. You know those underarm pit things that they apply so they don't see your sweat through no, the blouse. I, <laughs> we don't wear those here. I mean, it's, I I've discovered so many tricks and tips of the television trade. My mom actually, I'm going to give her props. She's not listening right now because I lied to her today and I told her I was just going out for brunch because I knew she'd be like, "How do I get that on the online? What do I log on to?" I'm going to email it to her on the interweb. Um, it's always there. It's available in podcast form. Heritageradionetwork dot org. Um, I was, uh, I've always been a heavy pit sweater. Okay. It's just nerves. We are getting some information I was not anticipating today. (laughs) And so in high school, you know, everything is embarrassing. You raise your hand to answer questions, which I did because I was an eager student. Sure. I'm Uh, sure. (laughs) And I would have the big... Uh-huh. Very large uh-huh. stain. So what she would do, she would made these things that were handkerchiefs that would tuck into my bra. That's so innovative and very sweet. To help. It's also called an undershirt. 
<laughs> no, you know, so I didn't, my brothers had the undershirts, I didn't, I guess. Now, in the fashion TV world, they actually have these things that get pasted right into, right onto the shirt, and they protect you from the sweat. Wow. So mom innovated, and she didn't even know it. Okay, I do want to bring it back to the food because we've... Let's talk about food. We've enough I want to ask you one final question. And oh. I always ask you this because you're my, you're my go-to gal. All right, uh, best meal you had this week? What's today? Sunday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Today's Sunday. I don't eat meals. Um, probably last night. Yeah? Yeah, I guess so. What you that, that sounds very... Uh, superficial because i cooked it i don't that's I don't okay what you cook tell us what you cooked. oh you know what you know what i lied i had an incredible lunch at the dutch the other day Fabulous. i lied i just don't usually eat meals um i just eat all day and it never forms a meal i had uh, the most delicious fried chicken there they have delicious fried chicken i had the best steak tartare and i actually ate a trout because i'm trying to eat more fish um so it was most delicious and i had some pink bubbly with it Delightful. Well, it's always a pleasure having you here. We Thank miss you. you when you're Thank gone. You. Thank you. Very Thank much. you for talking to us. We're going to be right back on the morning after with Sarah Simmons talking about City Grit. This one is All Right, Okay by Tenille, the Knife Show Remix on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. one of America's greatest new cooks by Food and Wine magazine. She went from hosting a supper club in her apartment to uh, to creating a culinary salon out of an old schoolhouse. Uh, welcome to the show, Sarah Simmons. Woo-woo. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We have we've been hunting you down, girl. Yeah, sorry about that. No, don't be sorry. We're just so thrilled you're here. I'm happy to be here. And so you weren't always a chef. How did you uh, kind of come into this world and, and, you know, to be named, you know, Food and Wine Magazine's greatest new cooks? You were, you were an amateur cook. Um, well, first, I was named by Food and Wine Magazine almost three years ago as America's 
they, they had a contest looking for the nation's best home cook. Mm-hmm. And so they named me America's home cook superstar. That's so cool. And then that sent me, it just opened a lot of doors for me. And I had a lot of awesome chefs say, well, if you love food so much and you love making food, why don't you try making food for a living? I thought, hmm, okay, I'll try it. And so it you know, took a year to figure out what I wanted to do. And that's how City Grit came about. So essentially, Food & Wine has given me two huge gifts. The first one being the superstar thing. And the second one, I mean, putting me on the same, in the same book with Alex Tupac and Justin Smiley and Bryant Ning. It's like, whoa. It's amazing. So tell tell us the concept of City Grit, because I, I love it. I feel like I've met chefs who have said, I want to have a restaurant where it's all communal dining. There is no menu. They just eat what I cook. And that's kind of what you've been able yeah. to create. I mean, City Grit was a way for me to have a restaurant where I didn't have to cook the same food every day. And then I didn't have to cook every day. So I cook half of the time and the rest of the time we bring in chefs from all over the country really with the emphasis of bringing in the next wave of up-and-coming chefs and give them the opportunity to create a tasting menu for one night or six nights and showcase their food to the New York diner. And how does how does beverage work? And then also the space is a, is a showroom. It's a, right. So we um, partnered with these amazing guys that design and source furniture, and they use the space during the day as a showroom, and we use it at night as a dining space. And as for the wines, we curate the wine menu. Um, We have about 30 bottles in the cellar, and I work with the chefs to put together a list of five or six things. So the diner can come in. The only decision they have to make is what they're going to drink, but they're not overwhelmed with all of these choices because we've really pared it down to things that will pair most nicely with the the meal that they're going to be served. Do you feel... Have you had any people coming in it seems like it, you need to be a little bit more of an experienced diner to kind of let go mm-hmm. have you have you have you found that or have you found people coming in who would not normally let their guard down who are just who are open to it no we had a diner the other night I, I mean I didn't think this was a stretch but I served this filet finished with some uni butter and I mean she thought that was just all there um, and she said you know there's some things I'm just such a picky eater but I really wanted to come my friends love it here I wanted to be in on the experience so I just said to myself you have to eat whatever comes your way and she loved it all so I think that's what's good is that people want to be there because of the experience and and so they will eat things that they normally would never order or try in another situation so when you're collaborating with other chefs are you going out and buying all the ingredients that Mm -hmm. that they want to have Uh, I mean how does that how does that go down how do you organize that I mean oh a lot of work (laughs) Um, I think it's the most time-consuming thing is that we wanted to make this as turnkey as possible for these chefs especially the ones coming from out of town Um, and so we work on the menu six weeks in advance and then about two weeks we fine-tune it and finalize it and get a list of ingredients from them and then we source everything so that when they arrive it's all there ready for them do you do people ever come in and look at product and be like well this is not what i would have chosen well i ask a lot of questions i've learned in the past 18 months to get them to be explicit because i know i just i'm cooking in the charleston wine and food festival and i same thing is that i giving this list and it's so basic of the ingredients I want and I know I want something specific so I just said let me take that list back and so that, that makes me ask better questions um, a chef that's coming in this week wants baby eggplant and I'm like how baby because there's some t- you only ask for 10 and there's some tiny ones at the market that are the size of a quarter and I'm sure that you don't just need 10 for 100 covers mm-hmm. um, 
you know, produce especially is just different from a regional standpoint. So you have to ask very specific questions about what they want. Yeah, I could, I could imagine people, you know, coming from, from California or, I don't know, I, I grew up in Arizona, so would come from Arizona. Like, they're going to come to New York and be like, oh, this thing that is available where I am is so not available. Oh, right, Here like tomatoes? So yeah. yeah, we have three good weeks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> come in. As long as, as it doesn't rain. Tomatoes rain. In your niche. Um, I, mean, I think that's what is the most challenging is that a lot of these chefs are in warmer climates where the the growing season so much longer. Mm-hmm. It makes me really jealous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had a question though about how, you know how you staff because I will, obviously the the chefs are in a revolving door. But do you have do you have in house staff mm-hmm. that's there frequently in the back of house or both? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they so will chefs bring anyone else or is it pretty much? So we chefs, some chefs come and they only have one person with them, but some chefs bring their whole team. It just depends on how big their restaurant is. Mm-hmm. And so we augment their team um, based on how many people they're bringing. And right. I have two full-time cooks and a number of part-time cooks that I know their skill set. So if, you know, a chef's coming in and doing an all-seafood dinner, I have this one guy that's like a fish wizard. So I'll ask, make sure that I've booked him. Right. Um, we just want to have the best people to support the chefs when they're in. Right. Do you ever bring in, like, uh, psalms to come in and, and pour wine? It's something that we're working Jessie on. Jesse wants a job. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know anyone? I know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's something we're working on this year. We're trying to add some storytelling into some of the dinners and definitely working to bring some more stories um, from a wine standpoint. We have... Um, a wine expert from Hong Kong who wrote the Asian palette um, cook or book about wine. And um, she's coming in two weeks and um, there's going to be wine pairings with each course. And she's going to talk about from an expert standpoint, why these wines were chosen and share some knowledge with, with throw the, down some knowledge. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure I mean, it goes hand in hand wine and food. Um, so I know that that Sandy was like a, a pretty, that horse Sandy. Yeah. She was a nasty, <laughs> nasty hoe. It yeah. was, yeah, it was like, it was not Sandra D. It was like the, it was like, Sandra. When, it was like when Sandy gets the curly hair and grease and like the leather <laughs> outfit, which I always liked, but I really right. didn't of course like you her did. this. My friend Douglas jokingly said, he was like, I just feel like calling her Sandy, it's too innocuous. I feel like we should be calling her Sandra because her name is Sandra. She came in and she was like, it's pronounced Sandra. <laughs> yes. So ever since then, every time we talked about it, it was like, oh, Hurricane Sandra. I'm glad we can laugh about it now. But, yeah. you know, it was it was so devastating to, to yeah. the industry in New York. How did you, because you have kind of a different setup. You don't right. have a restaurant that's op- that that could open like right. every day and and you know I I can only imagine the things that you had been planning for. Well, it I mean, it couldn't have come at a worse week for us because of the November schedule. Mm-hmm. We front load the calendar because we lose, you know, no one's eating weird crazy tasting menus like the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah, sure. So we made sure that the beginning of November was you know, fully booked and um it was really exciting cuz most of the dinners were sold out. Um and we had our first month of profitability in October, so we were really energized. And then Sandy came, and we had to cancel all of those dinners and oh, refund man. all of that money, which was really hard. We wrote about $15,000 worth of checks. <gasps> One day, I like literally approved all those checks and was like, this is the worst day of my life. Oh, my God. Um, and it was hard because we 
aren't a typical restaurant. We couldn't just open the doors and start serving you even, you know, some restaurants were like serving you like things that didn't require, you know, produce and, um, and selling cocktails and just getting, you know, revenue back in the door. And we literally, it put us, uh, we were closed for two weeks because we had to remake all of the things that were bases for things that we mm-hmm. make typically. Yeah. And, um, and threw away so much pimento cheese, which was so sad. Um, but just cleaning and yeah. and getting the the kitchen back to where we could open again, it was hard. But we've recovered, and we. I think that it might be the best thing that ever happened to me because it gave me this being able to recover the loss. We lost about thirty four thousand dollars, and being able to, we recovered twenty five thousand dollars of that money before the end of the year, as well as raised a lot of money for Sandy Relief. And so that gave me this, just really kickstarted this energy to, that I, you know, could, could do it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, you know, who knows? One day maybe I'll be thankful for that whore, Sandy. <laughs> Sandra. Sandra, excuse <laughs> me. So how many, uh, how many does it seat? 80. seat and what's 80. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And how do you buy? How do you go. buy tickets? You buy tickets at CityGridNYC.com. The schedule is like, posted, and it's like through PayPal, right? Right. Mm-hmm. One day I'm going to build my own system, but that's that's it. that's next year's plan. I'm doing a very bad job of trying to do a slick hand movement. That means Jesse, let's go. No, absolutely. <laughs> what, what you know? What dinners do you, got, do you guys have coming up? Um, well, we have the chefs from Contigo from Austin, Texas coming in this week and, um, they're doing two nights, which is really exciting. I'm excited to try their food. Um, I'm doing a Friday fish fry on Friday because I grew up eating fried fish on Fridays and we're doing not just a plate of fried fish, but a five course seafood menu, which is really exciting because we don't do, we do some aspects of seafood. We've never done a total seafood dinner. Um, and then I fry chicken once a month and we're, it's at the last Sunday of the month usually for 30 people and that's on Sunday. And then we have so many awesome chefs coming, um, over the course of the next three months that I'm really excited about. So can people go on the city grit website and, uh, and see a schedule of, mm-hmm. of who's up and coming? Yes. And it's just, is it city grit NYC? City grit mm-hmm. Sounds awesome. Everybody go check it out. We're going to be right back on the morning after with what's on the menu at Chardonnay's. You're listening to the Old Money Remix of Home by Blind Benny on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. back here on the morning after it's time for everyone's favorite train wreck of a restaurant what's on the menu at Chardonnay's <laughs> is that what's part of the beer uh-huh. what's on the menu at Chardonnay's of course it is 
course it's me. No, it's not. Who I made those was, jingles? I thought it was Sade. Who made those jingles in their terribly constructed home studio? <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so Chardonnay's, as we all know, is, or maybe as only two of us know, is that <laughs> delightful mythical restaurant that celebrates all bad food and wine trends of days gone by. We've had a couple of great themes Chardonnay, themed Chardonnays recently. We had um, a Bloody Mary Chardonnays last week, mm. which was fabulous. We had... We had the cheese, cheese Chardonnays we had with cheese. Elizabeth Chubbuck from Murray's Cheese. That was really... Hey, Chubbuck. Um, and this week, because we were talking about... <clears throat> Why, why are we doing it this week? Well, because, I mean, you know, the City Grit is kind of like a supper club. Yeah. And uh, <gasps> while a supper club sounds like a nice, like a cool thing, potluck is more along the lines of Chardonnay's. And I just yeah. recently had the most white trash snack dessert. And uh, Go on. I totally would. Okay. Buttered popcorn with just melted chocolate poured over it. Oh. You called it a snack dessert? But did you fry dessert? it? Snack dessert. But so I'm it was sorry, like a sweet you- snack. Did you deep fry it? <laughs> you know, I didn't do any of this. Uh, one of my one of my uh, servers, uh, Sierra Ardley, her, oh, her Sarah. boyfriend's uh, mother, uh, who lives in Texas, sent them a gigantic, like the biggest, like a gallon plastic bag full of buttered popcorn <laughs> with <laughs> with chocolate poured all over it, and my staff and I ate all of it yesterday oh it's so bad it's good there is uh, a chain so that's what i would bring to the potluck there's a Ooh. chain in the south and the midwest called golden corral and golden corral is essentially a mcdonald's equivalent buffet and you can <laughs> like pay, the sizzler which yeah is, I mean, no 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 it's not as nice as sizzler no golden corral is a step my face below is, is in shock at this moment <laughs> so you get the tray you pay your what 4.99 it's 2.99 for kids i think and it's all you can eat but the dessert stand my brother and i of course were, would always get excited to go there with my grandparents because they had they would do deep fried oreos with whipped cream and sprinkles <laughs> and i remember thinking i was about nine years old and i'd eaten about four and i thought i might die yeah. tonight <laughs> this might be it um, on that note, we would love to ask you ladies, mm. if you're chefing, the professionals. the professionals, the pros, if you're chefing Chardonnay's potluck, mm-hmm. what, and please keep in mind, this is a bad potluck. We're talking about like fried macaroni right? from, you know, from a, a box. bad potluck. How many people are coming? Well, it's going to be my extended family. So only about 130. <laughs> All right. So a big casserole of something. Mm-hmm. Tuna. Uh, oh, what's crushed on top? Casserole. What oh, is crushed on top of crackers? That? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 ding. Yes. Edna actually makes a pineapple casserole <gasps> that is delicious. What is in it? Oh, that's going to lead me to my ambrosia, sugar, flour, cheddar cheese, <gasps> and it's topped with crushed Ritz crackers. Oh! <laughs> I think Pauline has like tried to like be like, this is mine, but my Edna is so old, and we've been oh, eating this for like ever. Can I ask a few technical questions about it? Absolutely. Do you cook it? Yes. <laughs> it is dull. <laughs> I'm going to make it for you. You're going to die. I have served it at City Great once. So in in like a Pyrex dish, mm-hmm. you mix together the pineapple, the sugar, because pineapple really needs sugar. Right. right. I know. That's the thing. Cheddar. Cheddar. Sharp cheddar. Sharp, y'all. Do not be cheap with this cheese. <laughs> um, can I get pre-shredded? I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. At Chardonnay's, you and have is there, to is there any binder? A little bit of flour. Okay. And I think maybe a tablespoon. 
I mean, people go nuts for this. I served it one Easter to a bunch of friends, and I I think I did like David Chang's bosom recipe, and people were like, "Who gives a shit about that pork? Where's that pineapple like casserole? Like (laughs) banana pants about it? Like and people that worked for Bon Appetit, not just like your redneck white trash. And the texture of it is mac and cheesy, kind of. Um, no. Or is it uh, like custard flan like? It's not. It's somewhere in between flan <laughs> and mac and cheese. <laughs> I mean, With the underlying that, taste of pineapple. It depends on if you use the um, pineapple chunks or if you use the mm. like. Gr- oh, so we're not. We don't use fresh. We use canned. Oh, no, we are no, it's canned. It's because of an eye. It and it's, it's not even sure. dull. It's like it's like the store. The brand. white rose yeah. brand. It's Kroger. Oh. The president's oh. choice. Kroger brand. Do you have Kroger in the Carolinas? I, I, yeah, I thought so. But I am a fan of public. I was so yes. mistaken. Um, but I, I did want to make my own version of it with like a nicer cheese and homemade breadcrumbs and fresh pineapple. And my friend that w- did work for one of the time was like, well, how would you mess with that shit? Just make it like it's supposed to be made. Do not try to fancy this up. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fine. I won't. Wow. Well, you win for the day. I was going to, I was going to bring, you know, the ambrosia salad, <laughs> but you already have pineapple coming to the party. You know, has anybody ever had the ambrosia salad? I have had the ambrosia salad. And but what I, version? I, uh, the amazing version. <laughs> I was drunk. I don't remember. So I want I want to ask what the important question, and this is perhaps this is the the bedrock of of the potluck experience. What dips are we having? Oh my gosh, I love dip. My friend wants to have a restaurant called Dip, and all <laughs> she amazing. says is dip. <laughs> that'd be that's awesome. Amazing. I mean, like I would bring artichoke dip. If that's okay. what you mean. Okay, that's all right. Artichoke that's in my, a can with mayonnaise. You know what my papa would say? And Parmesan. Why is this green? Is this broccoli? <laughs> oh, it'll no, be grayish, yellowish. It's not broccoli. <laughs> then why is it green? <laughs> oh my. I would do French onion, but with, you know, really nice caramelized onions and homemade chips. I'm going to do pre-made ranch with some crinkle cuts. Mm. <laughs> All right. And I'm doing a queso dip. Yeah. All right. Oh. Velveeta and some, uh, you know, I don't know. No. To- Tostito salsa or yes. some uh, seven the layers. Scoopers. Seven layers. El Paso. Oh, a seven, seven layer. layer with beans. Yes. Sour cream. Yeah. Y'all, I'm hungry. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> All right. This has been the best potluck ever. Actually, I would go to Chardonnay's potluck. I, I would, would be too. incredibly happy to gain a lot of pounds, drink a lot of I high life. I smell a fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It has been a beautiful day here the morning after. It I has. hate to see it end. So oh. check out the next chef coming on at uh, at city grit citygritnyc.com amanda freitag just google her just google her she's everywhere google just turn me. on the tv I feel it every just time just turn you on do the it. tv <laughs> she does her and, ears get red and check out jen's play on the head of a pin 1590 Street theaters strange thank you jesse this is the morning after on heritage radio network.org Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.